Hello and welcome to another episode of the V Games podcast and welcome to my guest John Venus, the first guest on my podcast and I asked you yesterday for your questions and I got so many great questions in which we will dive into today because John Venus, a lot of things are happening in his life right now. So, hey, how are you doing? Hey man, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, I'm doing great. So uh, yeah, I'm excited to get this started. Nice. It's funny because uh, we met once. Uh, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think I met you at FIBO for the first time like a long time ago. Is that correct? Yes, that would be my first question. I wanted to ask you: Do you remember me meeting me at the FIBO, the Fitness and Bodybuilding Expo in Cologne, 2016? And nice, you did. <laughs> Um, yes, yeah. I, I definitely, I definitely remember that. Nice. Yeah, we had a chat for a while, and uh, yeah, I definitely remember. So it's so cool to see that you know all these uh, years later, you're now also an influencer and doing amazing things. So congratulations on all your success. Thank you, and thank you for inspiring me to get inspired and now inspire others. It's just a great cycle. And um, the second question I have, um, because I follow you for such a long time and when I started following you, my English wasn't so good as it is now. And I want to ask you, how did you learn such a fluent English? Because when I first found you, I thought you're a native English speaker, but then I found out, hey, he's from Norway, so it's probably his second language. So how did you learn such a good English? Mm -hmm. Wow, that's a great question. I've never been asked that before. Um, <clears throat> So it's kind of a long story, but I'll try to keep it as short as possible. So I was actually born in the U.S. Um, and uh, my mom is from Brazil and my dad is from Norway. And uh, they uh, were or my dad was studying in the U.S. when um, um, they had me. And uh, once I was born, uh, they moved away from the country after like one month to Norway. And um, we basically lived in Europe and, um, yeah, well, actually, we lived in Europe for about three years and then we moved to Brazil for about seven and then back to the States for, uh, yeah, a couple of years. But it was from the transition from moving from Brazil when I was like seven or eight years old back to the U.S. Uh, for the first time since I was born. That's when I had to learn uh, English. And, um, yeah, I guess it was just living that one or two years or however long I was living there for at the age of eight uh, or nine or whatever, uh, that's when I kind of learned English um, uh, kind of like fluently. And yeah, after that, I kind of just kept it up and you know kept watching uh, English films. And uh, after that, we moved to Norway, which uh, they also teach English in school. So I was able to keep it up there. And then, um, but I didn't really progress because, you know, I was kind of like ahead of people in Norway in terms of my English because I just moved from the U.S. So um, the way that I uh, really advanced in my English uh, was when I moved back to, or not back to, but moved to Spain for the first time when I was uh, 12 years old. And uh, I attended international schools there, so private international schools, uh, which is just everything is in English. Uh, so that's how I just, you know, got all my friends were uh, English speaking and that's how uh, I developed my uh, my English speaking skills, I guess. Nice. Uh, and that's also like time where, you know, we're talking so much in English that it kind of switched from me thinking inside my head in Norwegian to thinking in English, which also helped a lot with developing the language. Um, so, yeah, that's how it happened, basically. Nice. So it came naturally to you. 
And uh, do you speak English with your wife as well, or um, Norwegian? Uh, no, I mean we speak English. Yeah, we speak English when we're with other people, um, but in private to each other, we speak in Norwegian um, because she's uh, from Norway, and um, we've met in Norway as well. So it's just yeah, feels more natural. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. I speak with my girlfriend also German uh, because it just makes more sense if you're both native in a language and. It's uh, just more natural. All right, the next question right. I have is a follow-up question because I, I built in here all the questions I got from Instagram. And this also is a nice question to start with. You're probably sick of hearing this question, but I asked anyways. <laughs> Would love to hear the story of how he went vegan. Would you like to share it with us quickly? Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> so, Yeah, also a very long uh, story, but I'll kind of try to summarize it. So uh, my brother, Leo, he went vegan, um, I don't even know how long ago, it was like six years ago now or something, um, six, seven years, I'm not sure. Um, but he went vegan before, like way before I did. And um, in the beginning, I was like super against it because uh, we come from, you know, half Brazilian background and We always kept the Brazilian tradition of having heavy meats, barbecues twice a week. Uh, so that was like a little special family time for us. And we really treasured that. And when he came back one day and uh, said that he was going <clears throat> vegan, first of all, I didn't even know what vegan was. I never heard the word vegan before. I've heard vegetarian, but never vegan. So he was explaining to me that he was never going to eat any um, meats, dairy, eggs, or anything that comes from animals, not wear any uh, wool or leather so i was just like you know <laughs> completely in shock i didn't understand what he was talking about and um yeah i kind of felt like he was um kind of rejecting our family tradition of eating uh meat and obviously at the time i just or like going to the gym and trying to build a uh, build muscles and uh, develop a good physique so obviously uh you know i thought that eating meat was you know essential uh to doing that uh, so i was really against the idea um, but he didn't really try to push it on anyone else. Um, so we kind of just left it at that. Uh, so a couple of years went by and, um, just, you know, being a person who wants to always expand my knowledge of life in general and try to be as open-minded as possible. I decided to, uh, sit down with Catherine, my wife or girlfriend at the time and, uh, watch a movie or a documentary called Earthlings. So we watched that, and um, obviously, a, uh, uh, for anyone who's watched that movie, you know, it's a graphic movie, not easy to sit through at all. And it's not like I didn't know that that was happening, but actually seeing it in person, like not in person, but uh, in the screen and just like looking at uh, close-ups of these animals uh, on their way to slaughterhouses, it was uh, kind of heartbreaking. And, uh, you know, I'm not really easily... Uh, kind of affected by graphic stuff. Um, so like, you know, if you just showed me uh, someone just like chopping up someone's, uh, like an animal's leg, I wouldn't get affected. But what affected me was just like the close-ups of, uh, for example, the pig's eyes and, you know, you could see their emotions and, and the stress and everything like that. So I, I got like a, a big uh, kind of like surge of empathy uh, from watching that movie. And we just sat there after the movie was done And just, I kind of just looked at the, the ceiling, just wondering, uh, yeah, what the hell do I do now? Is there a, is there a way around this? Or, um, you know, how can I kind of like, you know, prevent this from happening in my own life? So 
we kind of looked at each other and uh, discussed it a little bit, and um, we just decided to go vegan uh, right there and then. Um, obviously, like we didn't know if we were going to stick to it, but we decided that we had to at least try and explore a different way of living uh, that didn't con uh, contribute to these um, uh, practices that we just saw in the film. Um, so yeah, the next day, um, I basically I just had one last tub of Ben and Jerry's cookie dough ice cream, and uh, <laughs> I was ready to go vegan. So yeah, I've been vegan ever since. Nice. Yeah, together it's uh, often easier and it's just so much nicer if your environment also changes and you're a close one. So so that's a good start. And um, Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I don't think I would be able to... I mean, I don't even know if I would watch that movie if it wasn't for Catherine either because, um, you know, it's not like I would, you know, seek out these uh, graphic documentaries on my yeah. own. So definitely... Uh, it made it a lot easier and obviously to talk to someone that just experienced what you just saw is mm -hmm. really helpful and kind of gets you out of your own head and, and you get second opinions and you also realize that that, per that person is also thinking the same thing as you and you you know you open up about it and make decisions together so it was really cool. So how long have you been uh, vegan now? Uh, yeah just over three years now. Oh nice. And um, your brother, how is he doing? He's still studying medicine, is that correct? Yeah, he's on his last year of uh, med school right now. So nice. he's, um, yeah, he has a lot of stuff going on and he's <clears throat> getting quite a lot of, of uh, traction in uh, the medical community or the plant-based medical community. So he's doing a good job spreading the um, kind of like the uh, more health-based uh, message and, uh, you know, kind of like uh, trying to... Uh, educate other med students and uh, you know professors yeah. on the topic uh, because unfortunately in the medical industry it's all about pharmaceuticals and, and that's why he wants to uh, kind of like tackle and change and educate other people to uh, look at you know preventative ways of uh, treating disease through nutrition rather than just medicating everyone and uh, treating the side effects so he's doing a great job. Yeah, that, that is so important because our plant-based doctors, which we have now, they're so great, but, you know, they're getting old and we need new generations yeah. and that's his job. So we need more of them. And that's, that's really great. Sure. Uh, and your family, that's another follow-up question. Uh, is his family vegan too? Yeah, so um, the, the, the funny thing is that I was like my family went plant-based so almost vegan kind of like they had um they ate completely vegan uh for the weekdays and then they had um the, the pre precious uh, brazilian barbecues at the weekend so uh they they kind of ate uh, a whole food plant-based diet on the weekdays and then they had steaks and i don't know chicken hearts and <laughs> whatever they uh they decided to grill on saturday and then some seafood grill uh on sunday um, so that started like probably a year before I decided to go vegan. So I was, um, nice. they actually went more vegan or like plant-based uh, way before I decided to uh, look into the lifestyle. Um, and at the exact time that I switched over and decided to, um, you know, jump on, <laughs> you know, to a plant-based diet, uh, they uh, made a full switch as well. So it was uh, exactly the same time. So they've been vegan for three years as well. Oh, wow. Um, so everyone in my family is actually uh, vegan now. And my sister was the last one to switch to a vegan diet, but she's been vegan a year now as well. So that's, that's awesome. What a great support, because that is a really common question I get, because people wake up, they see a documentary, they want to change, but... 
their family is not vegan and often really not supporting them and holding them back and have all these stereotypes and myths in their head. So that's really great that you uh, have such a supportive environment and that you did the change together. Because I remember when I went vegan, my family wasn't so supportive. Now it changed. Uh, but um, yeah, that's, that's, that's great. Uh, I would love that my family is completely vegan too, but I have no doubt it's someday. But that's, that's really great to hear. Yeah, that makes me super happy because I see it in your videos that you're doing vegan barbecues with your whole family. And like, nice, uh, his whole family vegan. And that's, that's so great to hear. All right, now... Yeah, that yeah. I, I, um, yeah sorry go ahead <laughs> no no you go ahead because i want to switch the topic but yeah no i, I think it's yeah i think it's a uh you know a lot of people struggle with this especially younger people who are maybe you know in their teens or um you know around 18 years old or if they're still living with their parents and um i got this question a lot via email about how to convince their parents to go vegan and you know, I'm, I'm super lucky um, to have the support system um, that I have and, and to have, uh, you know, open-minded um, parents that are willing to listen to the information, willing to watch the documentaries and willing to have discussions around it. Uh, unfortunately, um, most people don't have that support system. And it's not because their parents, you know, are not supportive of them, but it's it's more, you know, it's a social conditioning that society has been through. And it's so, so hard to break away, especially when you're, uh you know older like uh our parents are so it's definitely not a easy task to do and and uh i wish i had the answer to to uh you know a solution for this but the truth is like every family is different everyone is different everyone reacts to uh different things and uh kind of like you know some people uh just don't really care about their health some people don't you know don't really you know feel empathy for animals um so it's like it's hard to find uh, which method works for um, you know each individual person, but it doesn't mean that you shouldn't try. But it's just about you know being. I think it's important just to be open-minded and not come from an aggressive uh, you know place and just try to uh, inform and educate and uh, at least you know get them to understand that you're making um, the best choice for yourself and get them to accept that you're doing what you think is best for your own health and. Uh, for the well-being of uh, the planet and the animals so exactly yeah. yeah that's that's what i always recommend inform yourself that you can debunk all the stereotypes and myths they're coming to you because mostly they're just worried about you and if you if you have the information because it's all on your side you just need to get educated about it and once you're educated and just mm -hmm. Don't preach, but I re always recommend just lead by example. And then at the beginning, they might dislike it. And then you just debunk all the questions they have. And they see, hey, he or she's doing well. She thrives. And then they get curious, vegan curious. So just inform yourself. Because <laughs> if you don't inform yourself, then you, you don't know what you're doing. And you get those stereotypes. And then you're like, oh, they're probably right. But uh, so that's, that's yeah. so crucial. to to And all the information is out there. You just need to grab it get educated lead by example and then your environment has no choice basically but to either accept it or go away and then mostly if they care they become vegan curious and yeah that's that's um but in the beginning it can be really tough for yeah yeah it, it's so hard in the beginning and uh, that's where people get frustrated because you know you're so passionate about um you know the, the environment or animal welfare or health that you it's hard to keep your cool, you know, when people are, you know, throwing these um, kind of like uneducated statements at you and myths and, you know, whatnot. So it's hard to keep your cool. And I guess it's kind of like you have to 
you know, really practice patience and really like, you know, try to be as patient as possible uh, and not be aggressive because obviously being aggressive is, is just not the way to go. Um, it just never works um, uh, in my experience at least. So yeah, leading by example is, is definitely the way to go, but it's very challenging. And I think it's a skill that you have to develop uh, throughout the years. Yes. Okay. Let's switch the topic because you're becoming a daddy soon. You're and your girlfriend, I mean your wife, she, um, you're getting a baby soon, I think in a month or so, right? Yeah, like six, seven weeks, more or less, yeah. And um, I got a couple of follow-up questions on that. And the first one is, uh, do you already know if it will be a girl or a boy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we know uh, it's going to be a boy, actually. We found out um, a couple months ago. And um, I didn't mention it on my channel, I think, but uh, we mentioned it on uh, Catherine's channel. Uh, but yeah, I think I forgot to mention on mine. So I, a lot of people do ask me that question. But yeah, it's going to be a boy. Nice. Uh, have you come up with uh, a couple of favorite names? Uh, we have a few options, but we're we're waiting to make a decision, and then once it's born, we'll reveal the name to uh, <laughs> to people on social media. But yeah, uh, it, it, like it's not 100% decided yet. But we have a couple of options, uh, <laughs> but nothing crazy like you know vegan or <laughs> you know uh, you know kiwi or something like that. It's uh, yeah, we're we're not gonna go that route. <laughs> yeah, and uh, keep it a secret. It will be a, a great uh, clickbait thumbnail to reveal. The child's <laughs> name, that will be a great video. Um, and here, <laughs> exactly. the next one is a follow-up question again. I'd like to know if uh, his baby is going to be vegan. If yes, uh, if you can recommend any resources to inform oneself. Mm. Okay, good question. Um, yeah, the baby is, I mean, in the first uh, uh, two years or however long, um, Obviously, the baby uh, is breastfeeding, so that is uh, vegan. Uh, so uh, I guess once it starts implementing food into uh, his diet, then you know, um, in in terms of sources, I really don't know. Like I, I let those <laughs> the research go. Like Catherine do all the research. She's a nutritionist <laughs> in the home, and uh, she does all the um, you know heavy <laughs> lifting in terms of uh, you know kind of like nutritional research for uh, babies and that kind of stuff. But it's You know, we, we have, we've met so many um, families with, you know, fully vegan uh, children and um, people have been vegan their whole lives. And, uh, it, you know, it just goes for, you know, it, it's healthy for all stages of life. Um, yeah, all the plant-based doctors have, yeah. uh, you know, supported these statements. Even the World Health Organization has uh, said the same. Um, so it's just about having a, uh, you know, a healthy, balanced uh, diet. And it's not really that complicated i think people overcomplicate things too much um but yeah at the same time a lot of people do ask this question because they think it's either you know risky or they're you know they're not sure they're not confident about what they're doing maybe they're new to a vegan diet and they're not sure if it is actually optimal for their health so a lot of people do um you know uh, kind of like show some skepticism around it but we've seen so many examples and we know what we're doing we know what's healthy for our own bodies and it's not going to be any different for um, you know, a baby or an infant or uh, a child. So uh, we're 100% confident. We've done all the research uh, that we need for adults. And um, it's not supposed to be any different for uh, for infants. Obviously, we're not going to 
feed him uh, Viva Life protein powder or something like that. <laughs> but uh, you know, just healthy, healthy whole foods, and uh, you know, um, that's that's all you need basically. That's so great to hear, and I agree 100%. I did a lot of research on that subject uh, recently because I did a couple of posts about it, and it's just so scary what animal products can do to your baby and all the heavy metals in the mother because they stay right. for such a long time and dr michael Kreger recommends staying at least vegan for a year before you get your baby because like mercury it right. stays in your system for such a long time and that's what you will feed your baby and also like diabetes type one is linked to dairy consumption in infants um, mm. formulas so uh, and then you have it just for your entire life so it's just scary feeding uh, babies uh, animal products and It's really easy to do, right. to do just, you know, B12 because they don't have a B12 storage like we do. So they need to get it from the beginning, but it's in the breast milk of your wife. So no worries because she supplements right. with B12 probably and then just give your baby some yeah. sunshine. But that's not a vegan problem. And then just, you know, the first year is easy, just breastfeeding the best what you can do for your baby. And then just introducing some fruits and vegetables some whole grains and nuts and seeds. So super, super easy. Mm -hmm. But people make such a big deal out of it. But if they would look at the research, what the heavy metals does to the baby, what uh, all, you know, the, the animal um, products that would harm the baby, they would, I think, never do it, but they're just unaware and uh, have this one case in exactly. mind where a vegan baby died, but millions of um, animal eating baby died as well. And that's not mentioned anywhere. So you just, you know, got to do it right. Exactly. And that's not complicated. So really nice that you do that and looking forward for a full day of eatings of your, from your baby. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, me too. I'm looking forward. To it. It's kind of funny that, you know, a lot of people that are skeptical, they, they criticize us for, you know, not giving our baby a choice of whether or not to be vegan. But, you know, it's kind of the opposite. Like you should give your baby or your child a choice if he wants to eat things that are proven to be unhealthy. Um, so obviously, like as a parent, you're going to do what you think uh, is best for your baby's health. So uh, with all the research behind us, it's a no brainer. Yeah, so, I mean, um, yeah. Uh, not going to be a problem whatsoever. I mean, uh, the other side is questionable. I mean, is it reasonable that your baby dies because you undercook a burger? Is it reasonable that you feed your baby dairy products and they might get diabetes type 1 for the rest of their life? So that's so not reasonable, but feeding them bland foods have no downsides, <laughs> but only so, so where? Uh, so that is the best choice to just keep them healthy and then they can decide later on. You just explain everything to them and then they can make a conscious decision but yeah and the, the question continues um, and why he wants to get in the best shape of his life by the time his baby is born I mean the baby doesn't really care how shredded he is <laughs> <laughs> that's funny yeah no I, I think that was just because um, you know I uh, kind of uh, fell off track a little bit with <laughs> nutrition and stuff Uh, with you know all the um, uh, we went to LA and every time we're in in the US it's so easy to uh, try all these amazing foods that you don't really have in Europe especially not in Norway um, so yeah um, that was I kind of like you know st I was starting to develop you know what a lot of people would call a dad bod and you know I um, everyone was you know telling me oh don't worry you know this is completely normal um, everyone who goes through uh, you know a pregnancy or you know every husband or father, uh, you know, puts on a lot of weight during the pregnancy. This is completely normal. You can't avoid it. So I was kind of like, you know, you know what? <laughs> I don't believe in that. You know, I think you can avoid it. I think if you just eat healthy whole foods and work out, there is no reason why you can't 
you know, um, you know, get shredded or, you know, build muscle or whatever you want to do. So I just wanted to, you know, show people that just because, you know, you're, you're having a, a baby that it doesn't mean that you have to, you know, eat comfort foods and, uh, you know, not be on top of your nutrition and health. So, um, it's not really like I, I want to get as shredded as possible. I just want to be in the, you know, the best shape of my life in terms of having really good cardio levels and, um, you know, performing super well at the gym and, um, being lean as well is, uh, important obviously for, for health. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was just kind of like debunking that myth a little bit because I was getting tired of hearing that. So, um, yeah, it's not like a big statement I'm trying to make. It's just more, more of a personal journey that, you know, I don't want to be, uh, you know, in a, in the, my worst shape of my life by the time the baby is born, because who knows how much time I'll have to, uh, train and all that stuff, um, once it's born or once he's born. So, uh, better do it before. <laughs> yeah, that, that's great. And I mean, your baby might not care how you look, but I mean, you will probably <laughs> probably take tons of pictures and then you just have cool shredded pictures when your baby is born and they will <laughs> last forever. And it's just a great starting point because then at the beginning you have lots of stuff to do and maybe training and nutrition falls short, but then you have a great starting point and future's great. So yeah, right. I like it. And next question is, will you show your baby in your videos and pictures? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is a question that we get probably every day now uh, on um, you know DMs and emails and the, the comments, and I'm I'm not exactly sure why people. I think a lot of people are kind of like skeptical of um, you know putting um, their babies or family members in in social media before they have a say uh, in the situation. You know, uh, why are you going to put your baby in there without having its permission or his permission? Um, but the way I look at it, you know, we're just, we're not like, you know, going to show, you know, the <laughs> when the baby uh, messes up or something like we're going to have it in the background and we're going to, you know, film um, the baby uh, just naturally. We're not going to be making a baby channel or anything like that, but um, we're just going to, you know, continue to vlog and, show how we live and obviously the baby is going to be a part of a big part of our lives so it's kind of hard not to include it in the videos so um yeah for sure it's going to be uh on social media it's and we're not going to create a its own instagram account or anything like that but it's definitely going to be a part of uh our videos because he's obviously going to be a, such a huge part of our lives and especially at the beginning um, I, I look at my baby pictures and you would never guess that's me because we changed so much and it's just a cute baby face and uh, I had long blonde, I was blonde as a baby, long blonde curls and a puffy face and look completely different now and uh, like, um, I don't know if you know him, uh, what's his name, uh, Casey Neistat, he's a famous vlogger and uh, he just showed his baby when it was, I don't know, one, two, three years old and because he said, you, 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 you can't... Uh, um, it's, it's a baby face and then when she grew older then she just put her more in the background but before that she completely showed mm -hmm. her and I mean only only positive stuff you know why, because people like to see cute faces and there's nothing wrong with that mm -hmm. and I mean you would never guess which person that is later in a, in a baby face so um, I, I don't see any problem exactly. with that and then if you're only doing like positive stuff so uh, Yeah, it's just it's just it's just Brett's positivity I mean we have an Instagram page for our dog and our dog didn't decide but we just said to ourselves hey <laughs> lots of people want to see it and we don't want to overflow our channels with that and as long as we only put out positive stuff and uh, you know then there's it only spreads compassion and positivity so there's nothing wrong with that and um, yeah so so I really like it and I look forward uh, to 
to see that all documented and uh, how that experience is. So, yeah, that will be that will be fun. Yeah, um, for sure. I mean, it, we're just trying to spread a you know a positive message and try to show how to live a happy and healthy lifestyle. And um, obviously, you know, as a family, though, you know, we're becoming a family now, so we can't really. It's it's kind of impossible to avoid uh, including the baby. But you know, I think it's important that you know some people um, kind of just you know show that it's possible to. To live, uh, you know, be fit if you if you have a family and be healthy, and uh, you know, it's also important to show that your your baby or your kids can, you know, also be healthy, and you don't have to feed it Oreos and, and chips and fries and all that stuff. So I think it's it's a good example for everyone who who wants to, um, you know, adopt a healthy and happy lifestyle. So yeah, I think it's sure. gonna be all good. Debunking all those myths, like oh, when I get a baby, I need a real job and. I don't have a life anymore and I can't work out anymore. All these excuses people just made, but um, I have no doubt you will show it. No, you still work out, you're still healthy, you're still traveling the world, you do it together with your baby and you're just having a great time. And um, yeah, it, it doesn't limit you, it just gives you even more in your life. But you, you still can exactly. do all the stuff yeah. you're doing now. Exactly. I'm not saying it's not going to be a challenge. Like we have no idea. Obviously, we don't. We have never had a kid before, so we don't know what we're in for. Uh, you know, at least I don't because none of my friends have kids e either, apart from you know one or two. Um, so it's kind of hard to know uh, how it's going to be. But for sure, like I'm 100% uh, confident that we're going to have our lives enhanced rather than limited by um, you know having a kid. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. So this may be not a good comparison, but uh, when we got our dog, Kiwi, um, about a year ago, I never had a dog before. So I was like, how will my life change? I, am I really ready for that? And it, it just changed so beautifully. I still have all the time I have, just more abundance, more love in my life. And I got the most stuff done since we have her, the most successful, everything with her together. It's just no limitation, but just having more. And... Uh, that wasn't what I expected so I love it it turned out so great and it keeps my life even more balanced that I go out more often and my skin gets better and all that stuff so it's just just a great great cycle of course it's not a comparison to, to, a, to a baby but I think it's kind of <laughs> kind of similar in a sense that uh, yeah you, I think so. yeah all right so I would like to switch now from baby to training and a question you're probably sick of hearing too but I got it anyways and I want to ask you I'd like to know how and when John got into weightlifting. Would you like to share that with us? Yeah, so um, I got into weightlifting. Uh, I mean, I, I as a as a teenager, I went to the gym, you know, a couple times a year. But I guess that doesn't count. Um, but um, you know, I, I started training consistently and very seriously about. Mm, I think it was like six, almost six years ago. I think now. And, um, yeah, the way that I started doing it was, uh, Catherine, my girlfriend at the time was already into the gym and she lifted weights and that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, I always wanted to be uh, muscular and, you know, look like a superhero. Even as a kid, I was always like flexing all my pictures and, um, you know, I was always like naturally kind of, you know, muscular for not having ever touched any weights or anything. So I kind of like... Yeah, started experimenting a little bit and I saw a lot of you know rapid muscle growth and I just got so motivated and I just decided to uh, continue ever since so um, you know I just watched uh, different influencers online uh, kind of like um, 
fitness people and um, some of them inspired me a lot. Um, I think the the person that inspired me the most to try um, to, you know, achieve the best kind of like physique or, you know, get in the best shape possible was uh, a guy called um, um, Greg Plett. Uh, he's passed away now, but he was like the most famous fitness model. Um, and I thought that he, his physique was, you know, uh, my goal and what I was like really trying to achieve. So uh, I really consumed his content and got super inspired in the first year of me lifting. And yeah, ever since, um, you know, about six years ago, I haven't taken more than, um, you know, maybe five days off in a row <clears throat> from uh, weightlifting. So been very, very consistent ever since. Nice. Yeah. Similar. My story is similar, but I was super skinny. So the opposite of you at the beginning. And I had to look so hard into the research, eat like crazy and just uh train starting to to get educated about training everything because i just seem to not put any muscle on at all and now i still look super muscular but if you see my transformation pictures i was so skinny right. and uh yeah that's why a lot of people also can relate with me my next question is um yeah. what's your current training split and what would you recommend for people who want to start or uh, they just don't know what they're doing or don't get the result what what's a training split you would recommend and you're doing let's start with that yeah i'm doing right now i'm doing a, a modified upper lower split um but I, I change my splits up um very frequently just because i get bored if i uh stick to one thing too long um so i kind of do like a modified upper lower split um and um and, and if i don't do that i uh, usually go back to a push pull leg variation um uh which means you know a push day would be shoulders uh triceps and chest and a pull would be bicep um you know maybe some traps uh and back and then uh, on the third day will be legs and abs um so i switch and be uh, switch between those two most often uh, but I, what i do recommend um you know what we recommend to our clients uh is if you're a new beginner it's best to just do a full body splits um so maybe like three times a week full body or if you're if you want to train like you know Five times a week, maybe a upper lower uh, split plus a full body split will be a, a good option. Or um, if you're more advanced and you want to increase your training volume, I would definitely uh, go for an upper lower or push pull leg split as well. And um, yeah, it might yes. be confusing for people who don't know, uh, you know, what the, these splits mean. But uh, yeah, it's it's pretty simple. If you're new to the gym and you don't know uh, what you're doing, you definitely want to go for a full body split, um, you know, training your entire body in one day or in one session, um, a couple of times a week, just to, uh, kind of like, you know, get a feel for different exercises and, uh, just, you know, not have too much volume, uh, in each individual muscle before, uh, it's developed enough. So I, I do recommend uh, full body splits to yes. new beginners. I, I recommend the same and the research uh, supports us on these claims because, at the beginning, we want to, or we always want to have a high frequency for natural lifters. So we want to frequently train the same muscles. Uh, two to three times per week is ideal. And uh, it's also <laughs> practice. If you have a higher frequency, like if you're doing a full body split, then you um, do the same exercise like squats two to three times per week and you practice because at the beginning, you need to learn the proper form so that you can start to build muscles. And uh, that's why high frequency is key. And then you just have to adjust the volume and uh, because often people, they fall for those magazine bro splits where 
people take anabolic steroids and then uh, only train one muscle really hard per week, so a super low frequency, and then destroying the muscle and basically just moving glycogen through the muscle, and uh, then they get maybe a few results, but long term it's hard and probably not what they want. So high frequency is key, and training that you train the proper form. So um, yeah, that's that's a great split. So full body and uh, uh, upper body, lower body. That's also what I do: upper body, lower body. And as you said in the beginning, have fun because that's so important. If upper body, lower body isn't fun for you, then do push, pull, legs, whatever is fun for you because that will make such a big effect because you enjoy it and you push yourself hard and you actually set a good muscle stimulus. So having fun is so, so, so important. Uh, but I really enjoy the upper body, lower body split. It's just, I, I basically never want to go back to push pull legs because, you know, when you do a push training, you do a push exercise, you're strong at the beginning. And then at the next push exercise, to get um, good performance, you need to rest for such a long time and you just... You're pumped up and if you would do a pull exercise, you're completely ready. You know what I mean? If you train antagonistically, like push, exactly. pull, push, pull. And I love it because I yeah. can train faster and I'm like always fresh because I do a push exercise and then a pull exercise and I'm fresh. And if I, when I do the next push exercise, I'm already recovered again. So I, and, and the pump is just insane. So I, I really love that. And the <laughs> frequency is high and everything. So the fun is through the roof and also... The frequency is perfect and everything. So that's my favorite split. And I recommend for most people like four times per week is something where you commit to, but you still have a life and it doesn't take up too much time for you. So I recommend four times and then uh, two times upper body and two times lower body. And yeah, that's that's a really great starting point. All right. Yeah. Um, and I, I think, yeah. Yeah. Uh, just on a, another note, I think it's also important to mention that you know, if you're not really into, you know, uh, weightlifting and that kind of stuff, like there are other things that you can do. Um, you know, you don't have to do it. You know, it's so beneficial for, you know, bone density and, um, you know, uh, just strength and, uh, you know, kind of ligaments and tendons and just muscle, uh, just tissue in general. But, you know, it's not the only form of training that, you know, people can do. If you really don't like it, you know, give yourself, give it a shot. But if you don't like it, you know, you can do other things like, you know, again, try calisthenics, home workouts. You can go for, uh, you know, more sprinting, more cardio work. You can do sports. The, I think the most important thing is just to move your body and, you know, it, whichever way that you feel more, most comfortable with and whichever way you enjoy the most, that's going to be the, the most beneficial way because you want to sustain this, uh, you know, throughout your entire life. Like you have to find a way to, to be able to move throughout, you know, years and years and years. So obviously you have to find what works for you and just keep at it because, yeah. Uh, movement is you know so important it has so many preventative um, effects in terms of you know not developing diseases and uh, just you know living a healthy and long life so just move around yeah and and uh, just start because you can't blow it it's not like uh, if you eat now a ketogenic diet and eat lots of animal products then you're harming yourself the environments the animals no if you just move there's basically no harm to be done sure you could injure yourself but there's basically only upsides to it because it's not like I smoke and it's bad for my environment too. No, if you train, it's really good for you. It's, it's only positivity and just find what works, what works for you. And because there's so, so many sports and I just say follow what excites you, but do something because it's so natural ingrained in mm. us and it works on so many levels, like reduces stress, improves mood, improves your sleep and just gives you a well-balanced life. And you don't have to do weightlifting. It's just what we both really enjoy. 
and just find something that you like. Like my girlfriend, she's crazy about pole dancing and just try different things. And if you don't like something, then that's great because then you find you don't like that and then you narrow your field and become closer to what you like. Because it took me a while until I found out that I love weightlifting. I tried basically everything and it was great because, oh, I don't mm -hmm. like that, I don't like that. And then just because there's so many sports for everyone, so you probably like one of them. So just start doing something and follow what excites you. So yeah, exactly. what's uh, your favorite muscle to train? <laughs> uh, favorite muscle to train? <clears throat> hmm. uh, that's a, it's a tough question. I think I, I go through phases. So, um, you know, for years it was like chest um, and then it was arms. Um, and right now, currently, I think I really enjoy uh, training my um, my shoulders because, you know, I've, I've been focusing on them so hard uh, lately that I've kind of like fallen in love with, you know, trying to, uh, you know, find the mu mind muscle connection and just like feeling the burn on my shoulders, which um, before used to be kind of hard for me to do. So now that I kind of get that mus mind muscle connection and I, I feel them working, I see them developing and getting bigger, um, I really started to enjoy training them. So um, recently, I I'd say shoulders. Nice. No one says legs. <laughs> Um, yeah, no one. <laughs> yeah, I, I go for shoulders too because they're my weakest part and uh, if, if they burn and if I think they crawl it just makes the most fun because you want to have a good overall physique and that's when you train and, and really feel your, your weakest part and they will catch up and that's a great feeling. But I also just love pull exercise because they really open me up and pull ups and the puff and it just feels so healthy because sometimes for push exercise Sometimes the shoulder hurts a bit and sometimes they don't feel too healthy, but pull just feels so natural and so good all the way. So that's probably one of my favorite exercises to pull exercises. And, um, but I, I just love the holistic working uh, workout. You know that um, you train everything and that's the most fun to just get your whole physique to the next level and uh, that nothing um, gets left behind. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good way of looking at it. All right. Uh, someone asked, I don't know if you know anything about it, but I just uh, took it in. <coughs> Can I do anything about gyno as a vegan? Have you looked into that? Um, not, I mean, I, I don't think... I guess if you're a vegan, you have less chance of... Uh, you know, I think it's just about the you know hormonal balance and that kind of stuff, and um, maybe eating animal products and uh, that are high in estrogen and that kind of stuff. You know, animal estrogen, not plant estrogen, um, would uh, kind of like make it harder to get rid of or to um, to avoid developing. But I think once you develop uh, gyno, it's kind of hard to get rid of it completely. I think it can shrink to a to a level where it's not as noticeable, but I, I'm not. I'm not sure if you can uh, get rid of it completely. Um, have you looked into it? Because that's a. I get that question quite a lot, but I just. <laughs> I don't know if it's that useful because uh, I don't know. I, I don't think you can do that much about it. So, um, I haven't looked into it, but uh, th that was the first time I got this question. I just often wait if I get a mm -hmm. question uh, a couple of times, then I do a post about it. But I probably will uh, look into it. But I think it's just. Um, uh, because when you're a teenager and uh, growing up and some people just get it and uh, the natural way, the unnatural way is if you take steroids, then it's a side effect of steroids. Yeah. But um, I think it's just some teenagers just naturally get it 
through a hormonal mm -hmm. imbalance or mutation, but I'm not quite sure, so I have to look into that. All right, then the next question. Yeah, and I think also a lot of healthy, uh, I think a lot of healthy people also, um, you know, people that aren't necessarily eating, you know, a ton of, uh, you know, horrible foods also develop, uh, you know, gyno. And I think a lot of people also misunderstand what gyno is. A lot of people uh, think that just because someone has more, you know, more puffy nipples that uh, it's automatically means that it's gyno, but it, it definitely is, a, there is a big difference between uh, someone who has a, you know, just a bit more puffy nipples than someone who has like a, a very hard lump of, you know, tissue inside their nipples, uh, which yeah. is uh, what gyno is. Um, so yeah, it's but, also one of the biggest misunderstandings that I, um, that I see online is everyone's saying that everyone has gyno, but you know, it's definitely not the case. Like some people just have puffier nipples than others. So the best recommendation, ditch the animal products, which are loaded with estrogen and hormones, because that's probably the reason that messes up with your hormonal balance and give you gyno. And at mm -hmm. least it stops, you know, the, uh, the um, you're getting all these estrogen on all these hormones from animal products and when I uh, wasn't vegan when I was a teenager I ate tons of cheese and I just had you know bitch tits or however you want to call them like really uh, boobs and uh, I was really ashamed of that I didn't go to the beach without a shirt so I didn't feel so comfortable and uh, as soon as I turned vegan they I now I have a great chest so now I love it so yeah ditch ditch the animal products Okay. Yeah, and don't take steroids. Yeah, and don't take steroids. I mean, the, the, if you look into the side effects, I mean, everyone considers at one point, oh, should I take steroids? But please look into it. And uh, if you look at the side effect, it's so, so, so not worth it. And it's, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, how? Uh, next question is about um, breathing. It's a long question. I, I quickly, uh, how should we breathe during exercises, steps of breath, hold the breath for some in versus out, eccentric versus concentric. Does it change depending on each exercise you do, squats versus bench versus deadlift, etc.? Uh, do you have any recommendation for breathing during exercises? Yeah, I mean, I think people, uh, that's one of the things that people overthink a little bit too much. Um, it really doesn't matter as long as you're getting enough oxygen into your muscles and, you know, you're breathing. Um, at a, you know, you don't have to be aware of it um, unless you're trying to target your abs uh, in particular. Maybe, you know, exhaling on the contractions is going to give you a much deeper contraction. But um, in terms of other muscles, I don't think there is much of a difference. Like, as long as you're breathing and, uh, you know, taking deep breaths throughout the workout, I don't think you should worry about, you know, timing your breath uh, on the eccentric or concentric or anything like that. I think it's just about uh, just not, you know, trying not to hold your breath when you're, you know, doing the exercise. A lot of people, when they're trying to push a lot of weights, they just hold their breath and they become red as a tomato in the face. Um, so yeah, just avoid that. Just, you know, keep breathing is, is the only thing you should worry about. Yes. Yeah. Just keep breathing. And, uh, um, I, I only use a breathing technique, uh, for, for a couple of the compound movements, but that's how you would naturally mm -hmm. do it. Like for the squat, when you started, you breathe in. And then you go down and when I go up, yeah. I breathe out. But that just comes so natural to you because other, the other way around, it just it, yeah, it, wouldn't make sense. Like breathing out when you go down. No, it's just, uh, exactly. yeah, you, you will do it automatically. So just don't focus on it. Focus on your form and keeping yeah. everything tight. And yeah, just, just don't hold your breath for the entire time. But you will notice. Um, okay. 
What pre-workout do you take, if any, and also do you take any BCAAs? What's the best form of that to take? Is another follow-up question I got for you. So I don't take any pre-workout supplements, um, but I do take, uh, you know, some black coffee or something. Um, sometimes if I'm not feeling, you know, super uh, into it or if I'm having a lazy day, I'll have some black coffee. Um, but that's about it. Uh, and also as a pre-workout or intra-workout, I'll have, um, you know, the BCAAs from Viva Life, which um, not because you need BCAAs to, you know, as a pre-workout or anything like that, but the, the BCAAs that I take from Viva Life have, um, you know, a lot of electrolytes from, you know, uh, freeze-dried coconut water and different things. So uh, that really helps you just, you know, stay hydrated. And uh, also it just gives you a little bit of a a uh, psychological boost to just, you know, sip on something, you know, just PCAs, you know, <laughs> while you're training, kind of yeah. like, you know, makes you feel a bit more of a beast. The placebo uh, but apart is... from that, I don't really take it. Yeah, the, the placebo is so powerful. And um, I mean, the, at least, uh, so if it wouldn't have any um, upside, they, they taste delicious. So it's like a, a soda, like a healthy soda. So it's, it's just, uh, just um, a nice, uh, I, I really like the flavor. Um, but yeah, as you said, it's not needed. And and do you go uh, um, to the gym on an empty stomach, or do you breakfast usually before you train? Um, yeah. So normally, in the past, I'd say year or six months, at least, I've been training fasted most of the time. And um, uh, it used to be uh, that I couldn't do that before. So <clears throat> when I started lifting, maybe the first three years. Uh, it was impossible for me to uh, uh, go lifting in the morning because I would feel weak. Um, I wouldn't be able to, um, you know, bench the same weight that I that I would uh, in the evening or nights. Uh, so, you know, I think it's just about getting used to something new. So, in the beginning, when I started training fasted, I was like super weak and I, I didn't feel a good pump. I wasn't, you know, uh, feeling the workouts. I was kind of demotivated. But you know, after a couple of weeks, you kind of get used to it and your body adjusts and. Um, you know, there is really no difference once you've uh, done it a while. But in terms of, you know, benefits and what's better and what's what's worse, it's I think it's just once again about uh, finding what works best for your personal life. And if you're not a you know big eater in the morning and uh, you find yourself having more time to work out in the morning, then, you know, skip the breakfast and just train and then have the breakfast afterwards if that's what suits your schedule the most. Uh, and on the other hand, if you prefer working out at night and you feel much more like a beast and you just, you know, you can't really find any time to work out in the morning, just do it at night. Um, it doesn't really matter. It's not going to have a, a significant difference. Like some studies show that you can maybe, you know, target or, you know, burn a tiny little bit more fat if you're fasted. Uh, and then some other studies show that, you know, you might be in risk of, uh, kind of like using your muscles as fuel if you train uh, too hard fasted. But, you know, it's not going to have a, a significant difference um, uh, to the point that you're going to notice anything. So I think just do whatever feels uh, best and whatever you can fit into your schedule. Exactly. What matters is your overall calories, what you eat, if you're in a surplus or deficit, and if you actually train that day or not and how you train. But when you train, it doesn't really matter. Do what works for you. And I actually uh, switched up um, a couple of months ago because I, I used to go to the gym on an empty stomach like forever. And, and I loved it, but at the mm -hmm. end, I, I felt like I, I depend on caffeine and um, uh, I need stimulants for my training and I didn't want to get hooked on that. And then I changed it to actually having a breakfast before, digesting it, and then going to the gym. And for now, I love it. I think I will keep it because 
I don't need any stimulants. Sometimes I have a green tea or so, but I don't need it because like my nice cream, my smoothie bowl or so gives me tons of energy. And also when I wake up, I, I have like my productive phase where I want to um, not, not be productive in the gym immediately, but to do some head work, like my infographics and research. So I really wake up and mm -hmm. immediately do that. So I fast for one to two hours, then I have my breakfast. And uh, then I, mm -hmm. I continuously work for one to two hours, usually two hours. And then I get this boost of energy and hit the gym. And what I experience, I don't need any stimulants. And uh, I have energy until the end of my training. Because on an empty stomach, sometimes at the end, like you get undercarved, you know. And you're like, oh no, at the end <laughs> of your, your leg training, like core, should I train core? No, oh, I'm so undercarved. And uh, what I experience, <laughs> I just have energy throughout my training. So... Right now, um, I love it this way, but yeah, just find out what works for you and stick with that. And if I have an early appointment or something, then I also go before that on an empty stomach. So I just do it how it fits into my schedule. But because I was at a point like, oh, it's wrong to go to the gym before you eat something. But no, it's, it's great too. just find what works for you. And right now mm -hmm. I really enjoy this this way. Yeah, it's it's the same as uh, so many other things like intermittent fasting, for example. I get so many questions about that, and it's really just about what works best for your like your own situation. Like, if you don't feel hungry in the morning, there is no need to eat. Just wait until you feel hungry, and then you know you automatically do a you know a sixteen eight uh, you know uh, hour eating window, or maybe you just feel hungry all day and you feel great eating you know six meals a day. That's fine. Just do that. So it's all about just doing whatever works. Like the this, like the, the benefits that you get from, you know, either training fasted or uh, not training fasted or doing intermittent fasting or not doing intermittent fasting, it's not going to have a profound difference in performance. Um, you know, uh, so it, it might for you, for an individual case. And if it does, just choose a method that works best for, for your body. So it's just about personal preferences and experimenting. So if you're not sure, just try both methods and yeah. uh, see what works best and then just continue doing it. Yep, it's it's just a tool and uh, it's not like a magic pill. Like if I do intermittent fasting now, the chunk food I eat in my uh, in my feeding window will be healthy all of a sudden. No, it's just a tool mm -hmm. and it can help you to stick to a um, to an eating schedule and that you don't constantly think about food and then thus it can help you to to lose weight. But it's just a the tool and what counts is yeah. the overall calories, what you actually eat. And if you train and all these other lifestyle choices, so that is what makes a difference. And then just pick those tools which work for you. Yes. Um, uh, next question I got. <laughs> uh, it's also a follow-up question. It's just uh, hummus or guacamole? <laughs> uh, guacamole. <laughs> Why? Why? Um, I'm not <laughs> sure. I just... I just use it a lot more often and uh, I, I kind of like I eat more I, I just I'm a big fan of tacos so I just and, and guacamole is like a key ingredient in tacos so I guess that is the reason <laughs> and also if you have anything with uh, avocado on your insta pics on any insta pics you get so many more likes it's incredible I don't know why but uh, <laughs> avocado is just uh, something that attracts people I'm gonna have to try that <laughs> yeah try it it's, I'm gonna it's, have to try. it's crazy uh, when I post something with avocado <laughs> or other people it's uh, exploding mostly um, <laughs> next is another follow up question um, what do you guys do to groom facial and body hair grooming helps showing the muscles more right for guys especially is it best to shave wax pluck trim what do you do 
Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, interesting question. Um, so, yeah, um, I, I'm kind of lucky that I don't have <clears throat> a lot of body hair. Um, so, or not lucky, but, you know, just because I want to uh, have like a, a shaved look. So in that sense, I'm lucky that I don't have to shave so often. Um, but I do shave, you know, my, uh, my upper body, uh, like my chest and abs and that kind of stuff, like maybe once every three, four weeks, once a month or something. And that's, uh, more than enough for me, uh, because my, my hair growth is very slow and, um, and when it does come, it's not like very, very thick. So yeah, I'm kind of lucky in that sense. Uh, but I have done, I have tried, you know, waxing as well. And, um, that's what I did for a while. Um, also only like once every couple months or something like that. And, uh, yeah, recently or not recently, but uh, you know, a year or two ago, I <clears throat> kind of stopped doing that because I find myself, uh, kind of like my skin reacting too much to it. And, uh, my hair was like growing inwards and, you know, I was getting kind of like, you know, uh, I don't even know what that's called, but it's kind of like, you know, you get those pimples from your hair going, uh, growing inwards rather than straight out. So, uh, shaving works a lot better for me personally, and it's a lot easier as well. So, um, yeah. And in terms of, you know, looking more ripped or whatever, yeah, I guess, um, I don't know. Sometimes I, I find that it kind of depends how lean you are. If you're not so lean, I think it's better to have some body hair and then, you know, <laughs> you know kind of hide your body fat a little bit more and then you kind of look better that way. But if you're like super shredded then yeah, if you get rid of the hair, uh, you'll look even more shredded. So it's just about, you know, I mean, it's kind of like an Instagram, you know, social media influencer problem. But, um, you know, if you're just like a, a guy who likes lifting weights and, uh, you know, just want to have an aesthetic physique, just, you know, if you like a shaved look, go ahead and shave. If you don't, you know, there's nothing wrong with having, you know, a lot of uh, body hair as well. It's just about how you how you want to look basically mm -hmm. and your your legs do you shave or do you use to wax them too or, or just your chest no i i don't really have much hair on my legs i have at least like in the pictures you can't really see it unless it's like super close so i've never no never touched my legs at all really even no, though you don't shave or... oh wow oh yeah, never arms or legs or, or anything like that. I'm the other way around. Uh, like I have zero uh, chest or ab hair, so I don't need to shave or do anything. It's just naturally hairless. Oh, yeah. But my legs, they're just long hair. But when I was in Thailand uh, last um, winter, um, I, I mm -hmm. just waxed them because in Germany it's so expensive. And there it was so cheap. And I thought like for the experience, why not? They will grow back. And it was oh, one of the yeah. most stressful situations in my life. It hurts so much <laughs> if you have long hair and they two ladies, they just ripped out left and right and especially my inner thighs. <laughs> oh my God. And you, you prepare yourself and it, it comes uh, unexpectedly <laughs> and you can't really breathe because they're doing it. Uh, two persons are doing it. And if you, if you have so long hair, so I will never wax again in my life. Probably easier with short <laughs> hairs, but with long Oh my gosh. And I, I felt like a ripped chicken afterwards. My, my skin was so red and I was shaking. So that was not a good experience. But uh, since that, because after, after the swelling went away and the redness, I loved the feeling of just, of, because I had such hairy legs and it just felt so good and looked so much better. So now I just um, mm -hmm. um, shaved them with an electric uh, trimmer and um, I just do it right. once per week or so. And I just enjoy the feeling. Um, and I think it looks better, so, so that's something I stick to, and for my chest, I'm just lucky in this sense, because I don't like uh, having hair there, so uh, there's just no hair. And what about your beard? Uh, do you 
because do you grow a good beard? Because I've never seen you with a beard. You always shave. <clears throat> yeah, no, there is definitely a reason why I uh, don't have a beard. <laughs> and uh, that is because I have a horrible beard growth. And I just had this joke with my friends that I um, kind of like I was waiting for my mustache to come. You know, that's when I'll, I'll become a real man. And, uh, you know, I'm still waiting. You know, it's almost here. But uh, I think I'll have to wait one or two more years <laughs> for for me to have a, a full beard. Uh, we'll see. But, um, yeah, I just I, I have like patchy growth. I don't like I don't like I have a goatee, I guess. But um, that's about it. <laughs> so I, I don't like the look of it. So I just keep it uh, pretty trimmed and shaved um, most of the time because, yeah, I just don't like the look of it. I don't have a uh, a full kind of beard yeah. so yeah i'm uh still waiting for the day that i uh you know grow up and yeah <laughs> can finally get some uh you know manly uh uh you know beard and you know grooming uh kind of like fashionable you know it's kind of sad because i've always you know like i'm so glad that we're living uh in 2018 because you know how before it was like you know you had to have a mustache if you're if you're a man like everyone you know all the soldiers everyone was like they were all walking around with mustaches if i was born in that era i would be bullied and uh no one was going to be no one would want to be my friend because i would not be able to grow a mustache so i'm just thankful that we're living in this day and age we, uh, we probably can um, um, blame veganism for reducing our biological age because I have the same problem. My beard isn't thick and uh, I would love to have a beard because it, it's just, uh, I think it looks nice on so many people and uh, it hides, you know, some pimples and some spots. So that's great. Uh, but uh, it's just not a thick beard. And I, I love the, the short beard I have. But if it gets a bit longer, it looks so weird because I have these few hairs and they just get long. And it looks ridiculous. So I just keep it short that it looks kind of thick, but uh, because it's so short, you can't really tell. Um, but if I let it grow for a couple more days, I look ridiculous. Um, so yeah, I'm waiting for the day too. <laughs> yeah, me and you, man. <laughs> Next um, follow-up question is, how did the vegan mentality affect your lifestyle? For example, in regards to your mindset to life, consumerism, relationships, etc. Mm, great question. <clears throat> I'd say that veganism um, in general hasn't changed, you know, my perspective, you know, in, in that many ways. Like I've always considered myself a very open-minded person. If not, I wouldn't even, um, you know, have considered watching that documentary or I wouldn't even, you know, I made the switch in the first place. And I've always like been very, tried to be at least very empathetic towards other humans and other ways of living, uh, cultures. And, and that is partly because of, um, uh, my upbringing in childhood where I was moving constantly, um, from country to country and changing schools like 15 times or something. So I always had to reintegrate to new cultures and new, uh, social settings and just adapt and, um, <laughs> survive basically. So I think just having that experience, uh, from such a young age already kind of like, uh, made me more open-minded than I would otherwise have been. So I think uh, in terms of that kind of, um, uh, you know, in terms of open-mindedness itself, I don't think uh, just going vegan has made a change. But I've heard so many people um, that have uh, experienced a change in, uh, you know, open-mindedness. And, um, you know, they've, they've also uh, experienced a lot of kind of like um, a, a different kind of point of view, like in terms of, not trusting uh what everyone tells you so that's also like a 
uh, another thing that a lot of people experience, um, uh, just like not taking information as truth all the time, just doing your own research, being a, a critical thinker, uh, trying to come up with your own theories and uh, conclusions rather than just listening to someone and just saying, okay, I'll do that just because someone told me to. Um, but in my, my own life, I think I just, I just try to keep learning, uh, any way I can, like I have to learn every day. It's like, uh, you know, I'm a knowledge addict, I guess. I just like try to get as much knowledge as possible, uh, every single day. And, um, you know, I, I just enjoy doing that. So, uh, in terms of veganism itself, I don't think, you know, that, uh, had such a big impact in my own life, but it definitely made me more, uh, more skeptical towards the status quo and, uh, you know, it got me questioning things more often and looking uh, at different uh, alternatives and digging a little bit deeper in terms of uh, other uh, alternatives and ways of living and that kind of stuff. So I guess it made me a little bit more critical and um, uh, a little bit less naive. Um, that was the main thing, I think. That's a great answer. Nice. And, and like also, it. yeah. Yeah, and also one thing that I forgot to mention in terms of like relationships, I know a lot of people go vegan and then they, uh, you know, they have hard time with their families or friends, and they they find it super hard to find a girlfriend because they have, or a boyfriend uh, because they have to uh, be vegan as well, and it's hard to be in social situations, go to parties because there's nothing you can eat and you have to explain yourself, and it's a you know pain in the ass. But I haven't really experienced that because um, I just you know I try to. Uh, you know, keep myself calm and uh, try to lead by example and, you know, just try to make it appealing. And, uh, you know, that's for me personally, I haven't been affected that way. But a lot of people do, uh, you know, experience uh, social difficulties when switching over to a plant based diet. And uh, like we said in the beginning, it's just about, uh, you know, practice, you know, changing your mindset around it and just getting better every day. Yeah, but it can be really tough because it's like you wake up oh, yeah. from a nightmare but you wake up into the nightmare, you know, you, you, you realize what's going on and you become aware, but you wake up into it. That, that is reality. And that can be really tough at the beginning. Mm -hmm. You just have to accept it, that that is the status quo we're living right now and focus on the solution, focus on to, how to change and change starts with you by leading by example and, and living what you're, what you're, what you're preaching. So yeah, leading by example, that's what it comes down to. And yeah, well said. So we're coming to the end of the podcast. And at the end, I want to ask my uh, guest always these three questions. I hope you're ready for them. Let's start with the first one. <laughs> what scares you? What scares me? Okay. Uh, I guess what scares me the most is, you know, not being able to use my, my talents and strengths um, to impact enough lives or make a significant change in the world. Um, so basically failing at making the world a better place. Um, I guess that is like, you know, my biggest fear. And it's not like I'm super scared or, you know, thinking about it all the time, but I really don't have many fears, but um, I guess that would be a, a small fear of mine for sure. Yeah, and that's, that's a great one because you can use it as a motivation. That's how I do it. Just eager to do more. Right. Nice, I like it. And um, next one is uh, best advice you've ever received. Could be from any source, a friend, where you read something or heard something. Wow. Yeah, best advice I've ever gotten. Mm, that is a very tough question. Yeah, un unfortunately, like in, in, in my position right now, um, <laughs> you know, it's, 
it's kind of challenging because I'm the one trying like constantly giving advice and, you know, trying to help other people. And then oftentimes you just, you know, you, you don't really um, meet people or, you know, hang out with people who are doing the opposite. So I, I don't spend a lot of time being the student in social situations, but in terms of books and, and, uh, you know, information online, sure. I've, I've gotten a ton of, um, you know, advice and that kind of stuff, but I, I just can't <laughs> seem to think of one, uh, you know, piece of advice that I, uh, that I can give you right now. Um, I guess there's so many like small different, you know, um, uh, pieces of information, uh, that I constantly get that I, I just, yeah, it's hard for me to answer that. <laughs> okay. No problem. And, and, uh, maybe one you can think of right now, like not the, the, um, best you've ever received, but one you recently received and it might change your life in some way or just improved your life quality, mm. something small. You know what? This this has made me realize that I need more people uh, advising me on things. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, that's um, yeah, that's uh, the key: finding the balance between input and output. You know that we constantly learn yeah. and teach us that, and, and, and yeah, that's uh, um, that's that's the, that's the balance. Because yeah, at the beginning, I, I think, I yeah, think I, yeah I, I think for me, like I, I focused. Um, I guess the biggest uh, advice uh, I, I can say I've gotten is more. Uh, you know, business related because I've been focusing a lot on, uh, you know, business uh, in the last <clears throat> year or so. So I guess, uh, you know, just, you know, uh, making, making the, um, being as, uh, being yourself is the best, being as transparent and as honest as possible is the best way to, to get people to, you know, either, uh, you know, enjoy, follow you, or it goes the same with business to, you know, be interested in whatever you have to sell or, uh, the product that you're trying to, um, you know, help them with, like if it, whether it's a t-shirt, a supplement or, you know, an online training program, um, it's all about honesty and transparency and, and just being yourself a hundred percent and not trying to, you know, exaggerate things and being, you know, you know, trying to, uh, portray yourself as a, uh, as a more of an expert than you actually are just being real and being human, I think is, yeah, it's probably the best advice yes. I've, I've ever gotten. And it's not something that I haven't really practiced before that, but it's just, it was a good confirmation to get. Um, and I can't really tell you the source because, yeah, I've read too many books in the last, yeah. in the last couple of years. So I just, uh, I can't remember which one it was, but no, that's, yeah, I guess that's that is uh, a good advice. Yeah, that's great. And I 100% agree with that. Um, and the last one is, uh, what's the future of veganism? Hmm. I really think that the future of veganism is going to be lab-grown meat. Um, in term, a lot of people don't consider that veganism, and uh, I, I definitely uh, do think it's a big um, advantage for uh, you know having a more sustainable planet, and um, you know obviously to reduce animal suffering and these injury, uh, industries. I think it's going to be a key game changer uh, once the price of these uh, lab-grown meats reach a point where it's uh, affordable for consumers and it's, you know, available in restaurants, I think. I think there's a lot of people, like a very, very, very big portion of the population are going to choose that rather than choosing uh, the conventionally, you know, grown meat that is, you know, that, that comes from an animal that has to be fed tons of resources and then obviously slaughtered in a very uh, cool way. So I think that is going to be the future of veganism. It's not really veganism, but it's going to help a lot of the problems that vegans are fighting for. And uh, that is, a, I think, I'm, I'm putting my money on lab-grown meat for sure. Yeah, I, uh, I think so too. I think it will be a big step towards this direction. And then at a point, we don't need it anymore because 
we we make the connection and we we know that we get everything from plants and we discover the taste but it's the, the it's a quick solution which completely mm -hmm. drastically brings down animal suffering of course there's still animals involved yep. but if you look at the numbers uh, i don't want to butcher it but what was it i think from 70 billion farmed animal to down to 10,000 worldwide 10,000 only and we not need to we, not, we don't need to kill them we only need um, their their uh, the stem cells and then in a petri dish uh, we can reproduce them and they're working already that we don't need to involve an animal at all you know that we cut the animal out completely and uh, if you look right. at the at the um, at the resources so fewer resources will be taken over and it's just so not sustainable what we're doing now so that is a great way into the direction then we still have mm -hmm. all right it's still not healthy for us so maybe how do we get the trans fats out the saturated fats the cholesterol and maybe we make the meat healthier mm -hmm. but i think at this point we already you know we don't need it anymore but it's a quick solution now because if you look at the numbers in in the western um, countries the meat consumption and dairy consumption goes down but in the third world countries like in india it goes up rapidly and you need we need to stop mm -hmm. this maniac that's going on by yeah, cultured meat. I think that's that's a great quick solution which drastically uh, reduces animal suffering, sustainability, yeah. and um, and then I think I have no doubt that we will be at a point because I think we we are reaching critical mass in a matter of years, and it's just incredible. I've been vegan now for almost five years, and when I started compared to now, it's such a different world. And I know I have a distorted perspective on reality because I see it from my own eyes, but so many things mm -hmm. so many stars go vegan if you look at the the revenue of the companies dairy goes down um bland milk goes up like crazy and um it's just that people get information themselves and you know um in an age of information uh i butchered that quote what was this? Uh, in an age of information um not knowing is an uh, ignorance is a choice and, and now I think people, you know, they, they, they want to know, they, they, they are curious. As I said, they, they follow my graphics and they, they, they want to know. They want to know what's, the, what's behind that. And, and if, if everyone truly knows, I think almost no one will support this industry anymore. And it's just critical mass is coming soon. So I, I'm really optimistic yeah. about that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think it's it's a very important, uh, you know, it's important for people who are already plant-based or vegan to just keep a positive attitude and obviously keep, you know, informing, educating and helping it move faster along. But, you know, whether it takes 20 years or 300 years, you know, the, the, the most important thing is that we get there in the end and um, we all play a huge part in, in uh, you know, uh, bringing this to the table. And um, obviously a lot of people um, get distorted in the idea of, you know, obviously there is a lot of problems in the world and obviously, you know, there is, uh, you know, pollution, there is, uh, you know, plastic, and there is, mm -hmm. you know, tons of uh, other things. There is, uh, you know, human trafficking, uh, you know, drugs, you know, whatever. Like there are so many problems and I think people use that as an excuse too much to say, you know, why, why should I, you know, care about animals if, you know, people are still being, you know, kids are still being sold in, in um, different parts of the world and, you know, brought into slavery why should i uh you know focus on eating plants uh, rather than donating um you know x amount of money per month to i don't know um the red cross or whatever you know but um i think it's important to realize like the direct impact um 
things have. Like, you know, of course, it's important to, you know, try to recycle, try to use as little plastic as possible, try to, you know, decrease the, the level of consumerism and, you know, the, the amount of material stuff uh, into your life to, uh, to become, uh, so that we can become a more sustainable, uh, you know, species. But, you know, in terms of direct impact, like there is little, little, like there is a lot, there is not much, I mean, that you can do that is going to be as beneficial yes. as uh, because, you know, you can you can donate money to a charity once a month. But, you know, remember that you're eating like three to six times every single day and what you put into your system, what you put into your mouth every single day will have an impact. And when you times that by seven billion people, that's going to have probably I don't think there is anything else that will have a bigger impact uh, on this world right now. So. Definitely uh, something to uh, look into. Definitely not something to ignore just because there are loads of other problems uh, in this planet. Yes, we should focus on all of them, but focus on something that you can really have a big impact on. And uh, eating is obviously something that you do a lot. So definitely look into that. Yes. Veganism doesn't solve everything, but it is the elephant in the room. It is the biggest thing we directly have a huge impact on. And uh, that is the the most urgent starting point factory farming is the elephant in the room if you watch like a documentary like conspiracy and if you see like the resources that go into that compared to like palm oil or um, plastic or um, c uh, co2 uh, greenhouse gas from from traffic and cars it's it's no comparison whatsoever so it's really the elephant in the room and people are just unaware but they're waking up and we're doing a great part in that inspiring lots of people and who knows we talk to this people and this people and this and one of them probably reaches 11 million people somewhere so you never know what an impact you right. can have it's 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 uh yeah just incredible so that was really great i enjoyed it so much thank you we just covered a lots lots of great topics and i hope you liked it too and um where can people find you so people can find me uh, mostly on YouTube and Instagram. So uh, you just uh, type in John Venus, um, so J-O-N, and then Venus like the planet. Um, and then you'll be able to find me on, um, yeah, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. And uh, yeah, is, just uh, go over there and uh, say hi. <laughs> is uh, Venus your actual uh, last name? I was always wondering. No, um, yes, yes, yes and no. This is uh, actually, I'm not going to tell people exactly uh, the story because I'll get too many Facebook requests. But uh, <laughs> but uh, it's it's um, to do with a letter that is uh, Norwegian in my last name that pronounces as a U, but it's not really a U. It's a different, uh, unique letter. Um, but I've always, you know, uh, you know, everyone in the in the family has always. Uh, you know, used Venus uh, as a way to pronounce the last name. So I just changed the letter just yeah, so it's easier. easier to... Easier to brand yourself. Yeah. It sounds really cool. And that's why I also don't take my, my real name on, on social media because Ferdinand Beck is something a lot of people struggle to pronounce and V-Gains, it's just, it also combines what I'm doing, you know, V-Gains and uh, that's something, something easier to pronounce and uh, just makes it easier to brand and I really like this name. Uh, but at the end, names don't matter what matters is content and bringing value and that's what sean venus does check out his youtube channel and instagram page i love his full day of eatings he just invites you into his life it's really authentic and true and someone you can truly relate to especially when you get into this lifestyle make sure he has so many great videos so many hundreds of full days of eating you will never get out of great ideas what to eat 
And um, yeah, I really, really enjoy your way of being authentic and just uh, yeah, being yourself and sharing your experience and all what you learned with your, with your following. And it's great. And I really enjoy continuously following you and uh, seeing how your life will unfold and get even better with a new family member. And yeah, I'm really proud to be another Vivo Life ambassador and uh, uh, you're doing a great job with them. And I, my goal is to get all Vivo Life ambassadors on this podcast uh, just because they're all so cool and I've no doubt they will be on here soon. Oh yeah, I'll, uh, I'll uh, make sure that happens. <laughs> That's awesome. No, I, I really appreciate you having me on the podcast and I think um, it's, it's a great thing to, uh, for, for people to get into because you know, there, there, there needs to be more long format interviews where people can really uh, you know, get the information that they need because you know, there is a limit to how much information you can put in one Instagram post or one video. So I really like the, the idea of um, these long format um, informative interviews and I think you're doing a great job. And not to mention your, your Instagram stuff is amazing and I, even I get a ton of value out of uh, you know, the posts that you put out there. So keep it up, man. You're doing amazing. Thank you. Thank you. So, guys, thank you for watching. And do you have any last words for this podcast? Um, go vegan. <laughs> go vegan, yes. Go, ve go vegan. Just to keep it cheesy. Yeah. Vegan, vegan cheese. Yeah, That's nice. Right. <laughs> Here we go. How about that? How about that for my first guest? I think we did it. I think we did such a great job. And I have no doubt that you took something out of that, something valuable and yeah just let me know your feedback and your future guests you want to have on my show and i'll make it possible and you you heard it ask me your questions you have for the future guests and i built them in like i got so many questions for john venus and i ask him most of them a lot of them so i want to make this a community project you are involved you let me know whom you want to have on my show and what do you starve to know your questions and I will build them in. How cool is that? And to make this even cooler and realer, because the podcast now stopped, our conversation I mean, and but after that we still chatted for a while and it was just great I think. So, and I asked him, can I still put this in? And he was, yeah, sure, it's your podcast. I have nothing against it. So now enjoy the rest of the not official interview with John Venus. Enjoy. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> all right thank you i will i will end this podcast here i'll probably do a quick outro after that but that was fantastic sorry that i robbed so much time from you but it was just i wanted to cover so many levels and i i i never want to to cut short on something it's just so much more authentic and real and the value just through the roof so this episode is is great thank you so much for your time i hope you enjoyed it no man it was it was really really good man um yeah i've done a couple of podcasts already like in the last couple of months and um this has been my favorite so far so nice. that's, that's really Thank good you. yeah i love podcasts because you uh, when i want to know a person uh, if he's a bullshit artist or something I, I listen to a podcast with him because you can't really hide you you have to be yourself because in uh, the television if you have an interview you can fake it so much and you you see a star exactly. but you don't know who he or she is but if you listen like to a joe rogan experience which goes for three hours you really know this person mm -hmm. and uh, and that is just a great way to to get to know someone and really spreading informations and getting laying down point of view so i yeah that's why that's why i started my podcast because i binge listened to so many podcasts in the past and i was like 
now I will do my own. And uh, I, I, I did it now for a long time in German and that's great. And I have a great following base. And now my English following base is going through the roof. So that's why I started my English podcast. And now I will get everyone how on the show. You, yeah. Yeah. How, how do you, how do you keep track of the podcast, like followers and stuff? Cause I can see like an iTunes, for example, do they give you like a number or how um, does that work? Because obviously other people can't see how many views or how many listens or downloads or I don't yeah, know. You, you have a host, your podcast host, uh, which, uh, I, which stores your podcast in, in terms of um, space and then you have an RSS mm -hmm. feed which you just uh, then and then you then they get access to like iTunes, Stitcher, um, Spotify and on, on your host like I use SoundCloud you um, can see the stats and then you see from all right. the um, third-party apps uh, how many overall listens you got and you see like statistics uh -huh. graphs and everything and um, And, and it's great. So I started this podcast and I was like, okay, probably 50 people are listening. But from the beginning, <laughs> over 500 people started listening to it. And now I'm almost every episode at 1,000 um, listens. And, and it just gets more and nice. more. And the cool thing about podcasts is like the people start from the beginning. You know, they go back and they, they listen to this, this episode, which, which we did right now. In five years, they right. will still listen to it. It's just amazing. Because I, I, I look like Michael Kreger. I listened to podcasts years ago. And, and that's, that's, mm -hmm. the, that's because on, on YouTube, it's more like what's his latest videos on Instagram, what's his latest feeds, what's his latest posts. But exactly. on, on, and on a podcast, you mostly, mostly go back or pick someone like a guest you want to listen to. And that's, that's why I love it. And, and people write me messages of German podcasts, which I did 2014 or so. And, oh, you said this and this. And I'm like, yeah, I, I, I changed so much. <laughs> So maybe I, I take some of them <laughs> offline, but uh, yeah, it's just just um, that that's what what I love. But yeah, it's really different because you don't have this immediately feedback of comment section of uh, how many likes and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but it's just some a, lo a lot deeper. You know, Instagram is more on the surface, yes. and and podcast I think is like the, the the deepest you can because you don't edit it. There are no cuts. You 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 have to be yourself, and you you can't really fake stuff unless you unless you really edit a lot. But that's not common. And that's why, that's why I love this podcast, because I have nothing to hide and lots to share and just invite people in my life and into my guest lives and they can learn from both of us. And that's why I love to have guests, because I learn so much, and the, mm -hmm. and, but so many people can learn as well and from both of us. So it's just a win-win-win situation. Exactly. Which, which podcast do you listen to the most right now then? Um, Uh, right now, I actually listen to um, like specific episodes, not like oh, I continue to listen to this and this. No, I on, on social media I say right. like, wow, cool. Uh, she appears on this podcast. He appears appeared on this podcast, and I pick out specific okay. um, conversations. Like I, I, I see people I follow for a while, and I want to see how are they really like, what are their information level, how are they just communicating, and then I listen to those podcasts. And, but but all-time favorites are, of course, uh, the Rich Roll um, podcast. I really like that one. Mm -hmm. um, uh, um, London Real recently had, had amazing guests. And he, I don't know if you know, uh. but he's going vegan now too. He, he does an Ironman in a couple of weeks. And he prepared for that completely plant-based. And I have no doubt he will stay plant-based. And his entire family is plant-based. And he has such a huge influence. So that's so great. Do you think he'll stay plant-based? Of course. You, he had Michael Kreger. He had James Aspey, um, Meat is for Pussy, the, the author, and uh, 
I think yeah. so much yeah, information so. from from the site and especially the interview with Dr. Michael Kreger. I think after I, I listened mm -hmm, to it great. three times or so, uh, just information <laughs> overflow. And um, and mm. if you don't know, on on YouTube he documents his his journey and they're so well edited the videos and so many people can profit from them. And uh, yeah, I think uh, he will yeah. he will stay land based and. Um, yeah, then Michael Greger, he also has a podcast. I also listen to that. And then I also have a bunch of German podcasts, uh, which I just like. Okay. And uh, I used to listen to the Joe Rogan experience, but I just stopped because he got so uh, hateful against vegans and spreading the dumbest mis... <laughs> it's, it's, it makes me so angry because I know he will, he will become <laughs> vegan at some point because it's just unavoidable because... There are only reasons for it and no downside. So uh, it's it's just a no-brainer. But yeah. he clings on to like, okay, I get some only eating meat bullshit artists and everyone debunks them so easily. And uh, he needs to get one blend-based doctor on the show, but he just he just refuses it. So I can't listen to him until he changes. But he, I, yeah. I, I have to admit, he's a funny guy. So I used to listen to him a lot, but I, I stopped because it made me sad when he, oh, those vegans. It's, ah. Oh. Um, yeah. Plants have feelings and different things. <laughs> yeah, and and like you know, yeah. the plants have feelings. Yeah, but if you eat uh, if you eat animal products, then the most plants have to suffer because on average, ten times the amount of plants are going into animal foods because they eat like crazy. So if you really care about plants, the best thing to do is to go vegan. There, there's really no yeah. argument against it. The only argument I I hear and makes sense is like I don't care, but that's such a weak argument. And if you don't care about yeah. your health, like what, what do you care in life for? So. Um, yeah, uh, but other podcasts, uh, I don't know, I listen to so many podcasts. Uh, do you have some recommendations? Um, not really. I, I, I don't know. I, I listen mostly to, I select different episodes from Ritual and then I select different episodes from more business stuff, uh, um, like, um, School of Greatness or, yeah. um, Tim Ferriss, um, and, uh, those things. But, um, not really. I like recently. I've just been more into audiobooks. Just listening to audiobooks because, uh, in a podcast, yeah. a lot of times um, they go a little bit off topic. They get sidetracked and they don't like. They forget to give um, you know good information. So um, I have kind of like made this switch more towards uh, audiobooks recently. So, Me too. Me too. Recently, um, yeah. uh, because it's just so much more depth of knowledge what you get out of a book often. Um, but it just depends mm -hmm. on the circumstance. You know, when I'm in the gym. I just like something easy, you know, often I don't like music, but I like something easy what I, what I, where I don't have to pay so much yeah. attention, so podcasts are great, but uh, when I go for a walk exactly. with my dog or something, I love audiobooks because the depth of knowledge you get is just crazy, and um, I, I get mm -hmm. so much inspiration or topics for my infographics because I listen to all the books from the plant-based doctors and then like, huh, that's an interesting yeah. view and that's a nice point and I make a graphic about that and it's just easy for me because they link all the research in the books and I also have it as a PDF and I just type in the word and then I look for it, look at the research and then uh, it's easy for my, for my graphics. So I really like audiobooks too. Um, reading, I'm not such a big fan. <laughs> I like to read, but uh, <laughs> no. you, when you listen to audiobook, you can do two things at once and just get more done, you know, you, or, or just exactly. walk outside, which feels so good and, and get it in and uh, yeah. And, and you have to be in front of the screen anyway so often. So I try to limit that. Mm -hmm. And if I would also read in front of something that at some point just too much. 
So uh, when I'm in front of yeah. the screen, I like to do something where I actually have to do something like typing or really reading for or creating something. Yeah. All right. I don't want to capture yeah. any more of your time. Uh, thank you so much. And we keep in touch and hopefully we see each other in November, maybe at the um, London Vivo Expo or whatever they do there. If you know about that. They, they oh, yeah. 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 October. Yeah. yeah yes. Uh, so I will... Uh, definitely be there and then we meet each other in person so that's that will be great I, I love to meet yeah. the whole Vivo team I, I became an ambassador I think one month ago so really recently and uh, I just I just love the team their products because you know that, that the products are not necessary but people just want something they 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 and 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 they, they 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 don't stop and they will buy something so I better recommend the best product on the market and I've no doubt yeah, Vivo that's, that's it and for me, it's not only a, a, a protein, but a superfood. If you look at the ingredients, like the healthiest plants, like yeah. turmeric, ginger, peppermint, beetroot, everything mm -hmm. combined. And if you, look, if, you, if you look into that stuff, like turmeric, how powerful, how potent it is. And mm -hmm. it's just people, people get that if they, if they buy the supplement as well. So they not only get a protein, but, but a real superfood and just the whole concept. But I don't need to convince you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just, I just love it. <laughs> no, uh, it's, uh, I've, I, you know, I've been around for so long and I've been approached by so, so many uh, companies or supplement companies in the past um, to, you know, uh, for sponsorships and stuff. But, you know, the, the, the really cool, like the, the way that you know a company is good is, um, is that they prioritize everything before they prioritize making profits. So like Vivo Life has put everything into, you know, making the best, you know, sourcing the best ingredients like everywhere, like the superfoods, like putting expensive ingredients that, you know, other companies would never put in there because it doesn't make sense from a business perspective. Um, but, you know, they, they just keep putting everything back in and they still, uh, you know, haven't made a profit because they just keep putting everything back in to, uh, you know, get more value out of it. So yeah, it's just amazing to see. Uh, a supplement company doing this so yeah it's definitely going to be a, a big success and not you know bringing out so many useless supplements just to make money and uh, all the other uh, companies who also contacted me I, I didn't I wouldn't have felt comfortable having a deal with like my protein or so because 99.9 of the supplements I, I don't believe mm -hmm. in might be even harmful and you just don't yeah. need and the few you need I don't like the mixture completely like the B12 they add also other stuff I don't like and I'm not sure about the quality and stuff and it just didn't feel right in my heart promoting them so that's so great that I find Vivo and yeah I have no doubt they will be so successful because veganism is just the future more and more people uh, uh, and more and more people you know they get conscious they want something healthy they they uh, and and um, yeah, I think there's su such a step ahead of the other um, vegan companies that just offer something vegan because oh, that's the trend, and just make um, you know uh, a heavy metal polluted I don't know product with all kinds of artificial stuff which just tastes super artificially. And um, yeah, anyways, um, th there was such a great chat at the end. Uh, should I also put this in the podcast to make it even realer? What what do you think? <laughs> I don't know, man. I think it'll be kind of boring, but uh, it's up to you, man. You do okay, whatever you okay. want. So, so I haven't recorded this. Part. It would would be fine for you. Uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't record this part, but um, okay. yeah, for sure. You can, okay, um, I will. I will just do it in. intuitively, but that was uh, that. That is just another authentic uh, part as well, because you know, people see like, 
oh, when the camera's off, they, they say, oh, the supplement is BS or something. No, it's, it's what we believe yeah. we put out. And uh, yeah, as you said at the beginning, uh, that's true. be real, be yourself. That's a important step. All right, so I don't want to catch any more time. So. Here we go. Does it get any realer than this? I hope you appreciate this little bonus footage of our conversation. And yeah, just let me know your feedback and your future guests you want to have. And also it would mean the world to me if you could give me an iTunes review. Just go to iTunes, Vegans Podcast, give it five stars and blah, 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 and all done. And that would help the podcast a lot to be exposed to more people so I can get the biggest people on my show. How great would that be and how great will it be? Because it will happen what I believe in will manifest, I have no doubt. Thanks for listening and until next time, peace out.